Lambeau. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cardinals and the Rams coming up on Sunday. This game got um, a whole lot more curious with all the news that's come down in the last 45 minutes. Kyler Murray dealing with a hamstring injury. He was out for practice today. Did not practice today. It was just a walkthrough. Find out that Matthew Stafford's in concussion protocol. Who knows what his availability Wolford is. Wolford McCoy. It could be. It could be John Wolford versus Colt McCoy. And joining us right now to talk a little L.A. Rams football. And we might sneak in an NBA question or two given his role for ESPN. Joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line here. And from what we just found out during the commercial break, when he's in town, an avid listener of the Burns and Gambo. Really? George Sedano from 710 ESPN Los Angeles. George, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you for listening to us when you're in town. We appreciate that. Yeah, man. Happy to be on, and thanks for having me. I Listen, I'm a sports radio guy. I've been doing it for 20 years, so I uh, whenever I'm in town, I always I always try to go to the spot to listen to for the local uh, the local sports. So you guys are the thing, for sure. So you guys do a great job. Way to go. Appreciate, appreciate it. Happy to have you so on. Much. Hey, listen, I said it earlier. I, I'm uh, In a way, in a way, with this news about Kyler Murray being on the injured list, I kind of want to see Colt McCoy. This is nothing against Kyler, but this yeah. offense has been stuck in mud. I'm serious. I would like to see for one game if the Cardinals can actually throw the ball down the field more than 3.5 yards, you know, per uh, per pass. And maybe if, they, if Colt McCoy came in and he did that, we might say, look, it really is more Kyler than Cliff because here the debate is Kyler or Cliff. You guys are having the same thing with McVeigh and play calling and, and Stafford. Tell me what's going on with that offense in, the, in Los Angeles. Well, the disaster is along the offensive line. And here's the thing we all know Matthew Stafford is not Kyler Murray by any stretch of the imagination. Hell, he's not even Colt McCoy when it comes to his wheels. So uh, he's a statue back there. And with their offensive line, particularly the issues up the middle that's been a big problem for them they can't they can't sustain their blocks Uh, they at one point two weeks ago they had multiple third string guys along the offensive line and they clearly can't run the ball well they couldn't run the ball even when they had their first team offensive line so you couple all those things together and you can't really put much together on offense when you're McVay and Stafford in those situations. So when when the blame game is being played then, here in Arizona, we tend to spread it around a little bit. We talk about Cliff. We talk about Kyler. We talk about the injuries because the Cardinals certainly have had their share on the offensive line too. In L.A., is it solely focused on the offensive line or does the blame game spread out a little bit even more among some of the fans when talking about the Rams' problems this year? So we're doing a blame pie, as we like to call it over yes. here on we our love, show. We, in LA. Pie we, uh, we do the same I, thing, George. Yeah. We're big pie charters here. We love the pie chart. Okay, good. Give good. me a pie chart. What do um, you got? I would say uh, nearly 50% of the people that at least deal with us on a regular basis are fairly rational and understand that if you have a quarterback in his 30s who can't really move um, and you don't have a good offensive line, you don't have a running game, then you're in trouble. So I would say that nearly 50% is that. I think the other part of it is they blame the running backs. Probably about another 25% there on the running backs. So that would leave about 15% for Matt Stafford. Like, you know, what's the guy supposed to do? He doesn't have support. And then there's that group that like, no, he's, he was a one-hit wonder in this scenario. Like, it was the perfect storm for him. And then a small slither, like maybe about 5% that have turned on McVay. I just think that with Sean and his success – Really, I mean, outside of one year prior to this one where he didn't make the playoffs, I think they won nine games still then. They've been really good. I mean, I think people also remember (laughs) that first year here in L.A. with Jeff Fisher where they were the cure for 
uh, you know, just, I mean, I don't even know. Like it was the, I was comatose at times watching those games. So um, I, I, I don't even know what it was like to watch those games anymore. I, I literally would fall asleep on my couch in the afternoon watching those games on a Sunday. But I think people still vividly remember how bad it was with Jeff Fisher that first year. So they like Sean. They know that uh, when Sean's got the right group together, that they'll be okay. And I think the problem is this, is that, and I don't blame them for it. They went all in. And, and in a city like LA, you got to go all in. You got to win and you got to win with style, right? That, which is not an easy combination. They were able to do that. But when you're <laughs> general managers out there with a t-shirt that says F them picks at some point, you're going to have to pay the piper because you need picks to rebuild. And they're not in that situation at the moment. And yet the pot of gold for you guys was the Super Bowl. So I guess that's kind of perfectly leads me into my follow up question. Just how upset are people in Los Angeles right now about the state of the Rams, given that they are the defending Super Bowl champs and they've, they'll always have that. Nothing will ever take that away from them. So I, I would say this. Let's start with this part of the equation, that if we're doing another pie chart here, um, I would say the majority or close to nearly half the city, if there are NFL fans, are probably Raider fans still in a big way here. And I, I, I think that that's something that the Rams don't love. Uh, as an organization, that they still have to battle with the Raiders, and the Raiders are coming to town in a couple of weeks. So I, I'm curious to see what that looks like because we know when the Niners come here, there's a boatload of Niners fans at that stadium. But I, I think there's that. I think that they're clearly second fiddle to a team that's 300 miles away. <laughs> so I think that part of it uh, affects them a little bit. And so the, the fan base that actually roots for the Rams, though, yeah, look, they get it. They, they understand it. Um, it's not like the Lakers, for example, where the expectation is, okay, you won the championship in 2020, now what? Uh, I think with the Rams, because it's still so new, because football wasn't here for 20 years, that I think people are satisfied if they're a Rams fan for the moment. Now they want to see what this rebuild potentially could look like and you know, how involved uh, they're going to be in trying to you know, maybe acquire picks and, and per- perhaps even sell guys off at some point next year if this doesn't can continue to ascend or actually if it doesn't start to ascend again, rather. So I think for the most part, Rams fans are fine. Um, It's not like the Lakers and Dodgers here where those two teams, you know, it's Armageddon and the apocalypse every time something goes poorly for them. Like it happened this past season with the Dodgers and what's going on right now with the Lakers. We uh, in Arizona, we don't ever really go all in, but we watch other teams do it. You know, the Warriors, the Lakers, the the Rams, the 49ers, the Padres, the Dodgers. So we, we watch from afar as other teams go all in. We, we just we don't we don't do that here. We don't know what that's about. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I thought you guys were doing it when you got DeAndre Hopkins. I'm like, all right, that's a big move. Like, what's next? And then, you, you know, you bring in an older J.J. Watt, I guess that's okay. But, yeah, I thought with the Cardinals that you guys were going to start to really just, you know, pull the less need model and go F them picks and let's go. Um, and now it's like it may be too late because, to your point, you're questioning whether you have the right guy that you just paid, and then you're questioning whether you have the right coach, at least here with the Rams. I don't think anyone's questioning the coach and the, and the front office just yet. Maybe uh, they're questioning the uh, 
the strategy to, 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 to maybe completely strip themselves of any assets. But I think for the most part, I think people are understanding of, uh, of what transpired. We've got a big, is it Cliff or is it Kyler problem here? And, or is it both? But give me the, give me an outside perspective. I know you don't watch him play every, every Sunday, but you've probably seen enough of Rams Cardinals over the years. What's, what's your feeling on, on Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury? Well, I will also tell you, I am in a uh, dynasty league in my fantasy football league, and I've had Kyler Murray since his rookie season. So he has been my dynasty quarterback. So let's just say I've ridden the highs and lows of Kyler Murray, similar to Cardinals fans in a lot of ways. Uh, he did lead me to a fantasy championship one year, but uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I, so I, I am happy with him uh, up until this season. I've really kind of soured on him a bit. But in all seriousness, yeah, look – <laughs> I think that I had val- I had questions that a lot of people had that felt it was valid at the time is can Cliff Kingsbury translate to the NFL? He was under 500 as a college coach or whatnot. But, you know, I, I think early on it seemed okay. Uh, I-, I just think that perhaps you have two guys, and this is, again, a 30,000-foot view, that may not be the perfect fit, not just together, but be- maybe the right fit for what you guys need. And I think that there's a real possibility that perhaps both guys are guys that maybe you have to part with because Cliff may not be ready to really be a championship-level head coach, even though he's proven far beyond what I thought he could do. And I think with Kyler, whether it's that he doesn't trust his receivers or he doesn't trust the system um, or he just likes to improvise too much, I, I just think that there's not enough structure in what he does on the field on a week to week basis. So that's just kind of my observations of it. And it's interesting because I'm actually calling their game on Sunday on ESPN radio uh, with Kirk Morrison uh, as my partner uh, who played for the Raiders for many years. But um, so I've been kind of really focused in on them the last several weeks because I knew this game was coming up. Yeah. George, hey, we appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to us when you're in town. We really appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man, for sure. I actually think I'm doing my radio show out of your studio next week because yeah. I, uh, I'm going to be in town to do uh, Warriors Sun. So maybe I'll stop in and say hello. Come in and absolutely. Say, come in and say hi. We'll, we'll bring in studio. We'll, we'll bug you for a few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. We'll come say hi to us. Without Sounds question. like a plan. All right. Thanks, All right. man. We appreciate it.